Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Welcome to part four of conversations on our series, Building One City. It's all about faith, hope, and love. Uh, This is Karen and Chris Conley in studio to record this podcast. And our hope and prayer is that these conversations will really just help you further apply God's truth to your life um, from the messages at One City. Chris, this particular message is really based in um, your in Isaiah and Zechariah, Zechariah, you've referenced in this series. It's referenced in kind of the foundation of who we are as one city. And as we come to this particular message in the series, you started talking about what needs to be restored, rebuilt, or renewed. And so maybe. If there's some things in the message that you want to build that maybe you didn't have time to do, um, where is it that you would like to take this conversation? <laughs> um, you know, this, what's funny, Karen, before we even started this podcast said like, did you teach any of this? So now she says, where would you like to take this conversation? <laughs> uh, you know, he did, I had to get to page two of his notes, but he, he, he definitely went where the Lord was leading him on that first page. So, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we always try to do here is be in a church that wants to be spirit led, um, unity focused, mission driven, leadership fueled. And in a great way, in today's worship, there was really some very special and powerful dynamics. And so it was really trying to facilitate what the Spirit of God was doing. And then that led to an introduction that uh, I really can't even remember much of what I said, uh, but hopefully it was really, really good. But I felt like it was what needed to be said in the moment. But when we do think about you know, this question, what needs to be rebuilt or what needs to be restored or renewed in your life. You know, one of the things that we talked about is when we begin to define that, then our answer sometimes is an answer that is um, not necessarily an answer that comes from the pages of scripture. It's an answer that is a common one, but it's also one that is uh, the wrong answer. And what we try to do is we just try to try harder and work harder. And I have done that in so many different ways throughout my life. Now, listen, if you try harder and work harder, um, more times than not, you know, some good things are going to take place. But ultimately, when it comes to your sanctification, you know, we have our salvation that is a free gift of God by grace through faith in Christ alone. But our sanctification doesn't all of a sudden turn into something that's accomplished by works. Our sanctification is also something that is by the Spirit of God, and it's the Spirit of God that begins to work in us, work through us to give us the ability to walk by His Spirit and to bear the fruits of the Spirit. And it's something that um, we can take steps forward um, by his spirit in ways that um, are leaps and bounds beyond anything we can do in and of ourselves. And so as we think about rebuilding, restoring, renewing, I also want to think about a new way to do it. 
Well, one of the questions that you asked that just honestly, it, it stopped me in my tracks because anybody who's known me, you know, I wrote a Bible study that was discovering God's purpose without the pressure was the subtitle of it. Um, I definitely, you definitely have had a great work ethic but also a performance-driven kind of terminology is kind of maybe the counseling side of things of that, you know, everything is measured by success. Um, and and it's, it's, we accidentally can think that we get our value from that success instead of actually operating from a place of already having that value. And so you asked the question, what if God's work in you can't occur through working harder? And I think that really is worth um, a moment or two of us discussing because I think that is, it feels so strange to navigate through what that really means. So there are times where I feel like in my walk, like I want to be further than I am. And my most natural way to get there in my past has been to strive. And you mentioned this in the last podcast. It's like, do better job at those spiritual disciplines. Well, I've, I've, you know, I'm not perfect by far, but, uh, you know, I feel like if I'm, if, 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 if it were a grading scale in heaven that I should have more than I have given the effort that I put in. But then when I'm like, well, I want more, but it's not through my effort and I don't see the results, I kind of get stuck. So what do you, as we talk about this of, of wanting more, but, and it being by, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, what do you say to that person out there that maybe comes from that similar place of, of the striving background? Cause I think that's so common. Yeah. You know, one of the ways I said this at the very end of the message was we rest in God's peace. We receive God's promises and we release God's power. Well, in order to rest in God's peace, I've got to rest in my identity. I've got to rest in my identity as, you know, a son of God, as a daughter of God. When I understand that identity, then I also know scripture tells me that I've been given all things, all things pertaining to life and godliness. And so I need to begin to understand that that identity gives me this unlimited access to God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. It gives me, um, unconditional access. Well, if I have that access and I begin to choose to be in his presence more, and I'm in a conversation with him where I'm not just the only one doing the talking, but I'm listening. You know, prayer oftentimes is listening to God and responding. Well, then once I begin to have great security in my identity, I know who I am because I know who he is. And the more I learn who he is, I learn how secure I am in my identity. So now I can rest in this piece of my identity. Once I rest in the piece of my identity, then there's promises that have been spoken into our life. And one of the things that I've learned, you know, kind of pressure is the opposite of promises. And when I'm feeling pressure, what I'm doing is I'm trying to kind of basically create my own promise. 
And, and what I've got to be able to do is I've got to submit myself to no, he's got a promise for my life. He has a purpose for my life. He has a plan for my life. All right. And when I do that, then, um, I gain confidence when I'm operating according to his purpose and plan. But when I take things out of that context and I begin to create my own purpose and plan, then I feel enormous amount of pressure. And I feel the pressure to make it all work on my own. But then that third thing is when I release God's power, all right? So when I'm, when I'm have a sense of peace, then that from that peace, I begin to focus on his promises. Well, then there's confidence in his power to fulfill his promises. But so the thing I would say is the pressure creates the performance identity in me, whereas the peace creates that uh, ability to rest, the ability to receive and the ability to release. So um, it's one of those things that uh, this sounds too super spiritual, but it just really is true. The more I spend time in his presence, the more I spend time with him, listening to him, the more I spend time with God's people, the more I trust my own performance less, you know, I have less confidence in my own performance and I have more confidence in his performance and therefore I rest in it. Mm. You know, I, I totally affirm what you're saying and can see that. And even in the message you, you had, um, a couple of different questions you asked at one point, you know, what do you need the Lord to remember? And the context of this, I'm assuming people have, have listened to the message was Zachariah. Uh, he has come back. He has been in exile. He's coming back and they're trying to rebuild the temple uh, and, and, and thinking about the things that have been forgotten. And you in personalizing that talked about what needs to be remembered. And I think, you know, as we think about this particular passage of not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, what are the things in that that you feel like would be helpful to really just build on this idea of us being used as we, as a church within our circle of influence and within our city? Yeah, I would say we need to, you know, Zechariah means, you know, the Lord remembers. That's the meaning of its name. And so in what you just described, we need to remember that God totally understands our frailty. He totally understands all of our weaknesses. But in the midst of that understanding, he's kind, he's compassionate. That's why he wants us to depend upon him. That's why he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am humble and meek. All right. So humble is something that it's not thinking less of yourself. It's really thinking more of God. And, and and it's a quality that humility typically, uh, it's the opposite of pride. It's the opposite of you know, arrogance, it, you know, it, it causes us to seek uh, interdependence instead of independence. But then meek is strength under control. 
So God is strength under control. And so he's saying, come unto me, come under this yoke. We're going to plow this field together. We're going to do this together. Hey, I understand what you can't do. I'm not asking you to be the hero. I'm asking you to be submitted to me. I'm asking you to follow me. But then when you do submit to me and follow me, you will do heroic things because of the spirit of God in you and through you. And I can't wait to celebrate you. I can't wait to watch the victories happen through you. But don't feel all the pressure to perform and do it on your own. I'm not expecting you to be good enough. I'm expecting my spirit to be strong when you are weak. Mm, Well, I think, you know, in the context of our journey uh, as believers, um, this is a real turning point that, that to be able to, you know, I, I remember years ago you did a, a series kind of over that wall or over the wall or something like that right. and, and kind of talked about that, you know, we can kind of, you know, if, if you take from zero to 10 as that spectrum of believers that, you know, when we come into a saving grace, obviously that that's God opening up our eyes, that, that there's that first growth. And then we can kind of, you know, teach ourselves a little bit and get in God's word. And, and we get to a place where then we need someone to help us over the wall. Um, and there's that, but then there's this, also this piece of, that's not just academically, that is also understanding the power that is available to us and that, and that it is us being a member of his family that's closely seated in his care and him releasing his power through us. That's why we need to uh, recapture what it means to truly have encounters with God. Um, where we see God do extraordinary things in us and through us, um, where those encounters become living examples of, you know, um, what God wants to do in the ways that he uh, heals people, in the way that he, you know, ushers in his kingdom, in the way that he performs miracles. And so without those examples, and another word for examples is testimonies, then we turn everything into an academic experience. And we need to be reminded that our God is supernatural, all right? And, you know, there's a a phrase that I've heard a lot, especially from people from kind of Great Britain, you know, is naturally supernatural, you know, um, how do we just live into what it means to be naturally supernatural and to see that that is the place we're supposed to live from. We are living from a place of victory, not for a victory. And when we live from a place of victory, then others will see victories in us and through us that we could not accomplish on our own. They will be attracted to the God in us, not just more self-effort. Well, as we continue in the series, I hope that you're able to take um, these truths as we talk about building one city, apply them to your life personally. You know, in in that passage in Zechariah, the verse seven says, "Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, 
I, that, those, <laughs> those bees go, got me. You shall become a plain and it shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace to it, grace to it. And as you continue teaching this verse in upcoming messages, I'm sure that you'll elaborate on that even more. But I just think there's so much in the personal application in your own walk with the Lord, in your family, in your local church and in the church uh, corporately across this world, um, that there is rebuilding to do that will only happen with the power of God, with the spirit of God leading the way and us being usable vessels. You know, there's so much shouting that goes on in this world today. And it's really so unattractive. You know, the shouting, we've lost any sense of decorum. We've lost any sense of respect. I mean, even when you think in politics, you know, there, there was a day in time, even though you disagreed, that you respected your opponent. Um, the shouting that occurs on social media, you know, what if we shouted grace? You know, all the shouting typically right now is just so um, unattractive and it's so uh, critical and it, it, it always, you know, is tearing down and unproductive and unproductive. But what it's saying is, you know what, all these immovable mountains, you know, all these ugly things, they disappear with grace. So just be the best shouters of grace there ever has been. And whenever you see an obstacle, shout grace, grace, grace to it. All right. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation and hope you'll join us next time. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.